This episode was sponsored by Roots and Rooftops, where we're from to where we're going. Roots and Rooftops is a Portland-based menswear brand started by a former Nike and Adidas designer, dedicated to building sustainable designs produced entirely in the U.S. They are defining casual menswear with comfort and structure. Nothing represents that more than their debut collection, The Windup, inspired by 100 years of black baseball. Roots and Rooftops created pieces that embody the spirit of resilience and style. Their fashionable slugger jersey and slugger cap gives you a timeless look with a contemporary fit. This is the perfect option for feeling good inside and out. Being comfortable while supporting a sustainable and independent black-owned brand is more important than ever. Go to rootsandrooftops.com to experience more of their collection and to capitalize on some great deals. Roots and Rooftops, where we're from to where we're going. Welcome to Opening Presence, the podcast about creative self-realization. My name is Aaron Robinson. Thank you so much for joining me. In today's episode, I sit down with Anthony Jordan, a photographer based out of Portland, Oregon. In this conversation, we discuss what it was like growing up in Portland and witnessing the city's transformation from a historic point of view. We also dive into his creative influences and gain insight into the journey of becoming a highly coveted photographer in the industry. If you enjoy this episode, make sure to share it with a friend. Now, without further ado, welcome to Opening Presence. Welcome to Opening Presence. My name is Aaron Robinson. Today's a very special guest. Let me introduce to you Anthony Jordan, aka <laughs> AJ, aka Ace Lace. What's good? What's up with you, bro? I'm just hanging out here in this this big space. We just finished up a photo shoot. Very successful. Very successful photo shoot for Roots and Rooftops. Shout out to Robbo. Uh, you were the photographer for this uh, experience. Indeed. How did that come about? Photography or booking this gig? <laughs> booking the gig. We'll dive. Um, we'll dive in. We'll dive into photography. I've been working with Rob for a while. Actually, I started. I started out um, modeling for Rob, which was, which was an interesting situation because it was literally my first modeling gig. Um. This was for Adidas basketball back in 2016. Wow. So, yeah, he worked for Adidas, asked me to model, and then he was like, oh, you're a shooter, huh? A couple years later. Whoa. I'm a shooter. That is full circle. Yeah. I, had no, I had no idea. Like, I just thought that, like, recently he was like, oh, like, I, this, this dude on Instagram and then it just so happened that, nah. that he asked me to model. Rob uh, is an OG head. <laughs> I know. He's been around for a minute. Most definitely. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. He actually, uh, he was on the podcast like early on and, and I guess it technically still is early on, but yeah. it, I just love how everything does come full circle and, and to see how talented, uh, 
beautiful people come into your life at uh, different points and then you realize it's like, oh, this frequency is resonant across the board. It's like, I know so many people who know so many other people. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm glad we finally got to sit down because we've kind of just been kind of kicking the idea around uh, for a little bit here and there. And We got and a bunch of mutual mutual friends. I feel like we, li- we know a lot of people yeah. for not really knowing each other. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people we know. How do we meet? Initially, I felt like we met at a party on some. Okay. Hey, you look familiar. Okay, so I remember the one of the first times I remember chatting with you was at uh, Cedric Hudson's release at Tanner Goods for Contemporary Athletics, and that was I yeah I re- I definitely remember speaking to you there, and then kind of just like in passing here and there. Yeah, yeah. I think the last. I think most memorable moment. Yo, we literally, it's always in passing. Like, there's never been a moment where we actually (laughs) were able to sit down and really talk to each other until tips on failing. This is past, this past summer. Uh We actually had, like, a real conversation. I was like, okay, I need to sit down with this guy and actually, (laughs) like kick it like really talk shit with him yeah and like honestly like that time is like right now because like even all the times before whatever whatever like perception of actually like sitting down like we still hadn't really like sat down like this, is the, this is the very first time that we were like kicking it, it and and yeah. i'm honored to to finally like witness you work at your craft yeah. i saw i was snooping on your computer and checking out the photos yeah that you but had i had before. to check, one time. <laughs> you had to check, check me real quick i was like no those photos were amazing and no, i appreciate and, that yeah and yeah but yeah let's uh kind of like dive into like you're born and raised in portland yeah born and raised in portland october 3rd 1992 mm-hmm. um yeah all i know is portland so when people are like hear that i've been born here and i'm raised here they're like are you kidding me like a young a young black kid that's a creative out of portland mm-hmm. that's from portland um but yeah like i said all i know is portland and i've seen the changes throughout the years and it's actually it's surreal to see what it's become but to also know that like i'm now a product of that you know what i mean like mm-hmm. growing up in the goal is to you know obtain you know, I want to own things. I want properties. I want a family that's going to be, you know, can call this home as well eventually. So, um, yeah, man, the changes, it's been crazy. Like when I tell people that I needed a chaperone to walk down Mississippi Street, which is now like one of the hubs for all the hippies, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's, which, which I think is a, also a good thing. Um, it blows my mind to see the reactions like there's no way like, mm-hmm. yeah man like a lot of these businesses did not look like this you know and around the city i mean i guess we're seeing that everywhere but mm-hmm. it's very prevalent here that's for sure yeah what was like growing up like like uh, who who were your main influences and like what was home like um you know to be honest with you man i feel like i was a really good kid like you don't really I guess you don't really know yourself as a kid until you hear stories of yourself, you know, mm, growing up. Mm. And from from what I've heard, and it kind of has carried me into adulthood, is that I'm, I'm a pretty reserved kid. And I, like, I genuinely care about, like, how 
my good friends and my family think about me. So as a young kid, I felt like I was pretty obedient. You know what I mean? So, um, what was the question? I don't even remember. Yeah, what was like growing up here? My like influences. your influences, yeah. So my my parents really like my mom was a, a single parent and um yeah, that was my that was like my influence to really start to get like real money, you know what I mean? And then my pops was somebody who was a leader in the community and like all my friends called him Pops, you know what I mean? Coach Jordan. He was the area coordinator for Young Life. Have you heard of Young Life? No. So essentially, Young Life was like, it was, it was, it was created to get a lot of the younger kids into some type of like after school program. And it kind of like corralled all the kids from the high schools. It started in middle school for me, but from my friends and everything really in high school. And it essentially brought kids into this space where they can get all their energy out and play basketball and different games. And then you hear a word like, you know, from the Bible and then a message. And then, um, so, you know, that was a way for me to kind of see my dad and how he interacted with people, how he interacted with a crowd, how he interacted with my friends and with like other kids, you know what I mean? And that was very admirable because I could see, you know, like being super young in like elementary school, middle school, he was doing this and to see the kids like come back, like Coach Jordan, I remember when back in Young Life we did this or that. To me, that really resonated with me. I want that same, you know, respect level. You know, I want people to love me and feel like I've had an impact on their life that's been positive. So my pops has always been an influence for me. So honestly, my parents, and then I'm the oldest of, it's five of us, or six of us. I'm the oldest of five siblings. So really my influences were like my older cousins and just whatever I seen on the outside. Like I've always been influenced by popular culture and watching music videos and just being inspired by, you know, of course, sports growing up. So Portland back in the day, man, like I think was like any other area. You you obviously had your bad areas. You know what I mean? I grew up off of 40th and Killingsworth and that wasn't considered the best area. It wasn't the worst, but I split homes between 40th and Killingsworth and then the new Columbia Ville, which is like probably the furthest North Portland you can go. Mm. And that wasn't the best neighborhood. So Literally kind of split my time between two different kind of socioeconomic environments, seeing the new Columbia Villa in the north and just like the disparity, you know, and at the time, I'm not really thinking about any of this stuff. Like I got a roof over my head. I got my sisters and my mom, you know, Um, but looking back, it's just like, man. There, it was a lot of stuff going on that probably shouldn't have, like, I shouldn't have seen as a young kid. Mm-hmm. So, there's a, a lot of duality between, yeah, you know, both most definitely. How do you feel like, like that duality influenced your art, and and when did you pick up art and start feeling like you can express yourself, like, is that as like a modality of yeah. of communication? Well, as far as art goes, I've always been an been an artist like I 
I love drawing. Like my earliest recollection of drawing, like I actually, my grandma still has drawings of just like faces and shapes, but they were so pronounced for my age. So that always has like the baby, oh my God, this looks so good. It made me always <laughs> want to keep going. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, just as a kid, I've always been into drawing and come to find out like my grandfather is a well-known local artist. Isaac, uh, Isaac Shamsini, Isaka Shamsini is a well-known artist in the city. And then watching my uncle like draw amazing drawings and being like, yo, like, why don't you put your drawings in a newspaper? And he's like, man, I'm a, I'm gonna let you know, Neff, like I'm gonna be the next cartoon artist and his drawings just be beautiful. And then, you know, both sides of the family really are artists. Um, but like when I actually put a camera in my hand, I felt like at that moment I've been so deprived of art, like before that, you know, like throughout middle school, I'm like drawing sneakers cause I love kicks. And then throughout high school, there's something that happened where it was just like, that wasn't a priority for me. Like I didn't care to draw. It didn't make any sense to me. Maybe because there wasn't, um, some type of real gratification for that at the moment. It was more so sports mm. that, you know, it just kind of fell to the wayside. But then I hit college and I just, I felt like I had so much time to figure out like who I am. So I took a photography class and I hated it. It was like a film class and the teacher was, the professor was cool as a person, but just the style in which he teached photography didn't make me gravitate to that art form. Like yeah. to me, I'm like, and it was, it was film photography. I had to develop my own film and I'm like, bro. That's the best part, man. No, I've never done it. Not, I've never done it, but no, I feel like, I feel not, like that's something that I want to, like, I want to, I want to dive into that, but I want to, I want to backtrack a little bit to, to your grandfather, because I remember not too long ago, you had posted something on your Instagram stories of your grandfather's work and just you talking about like your friends seeing your father and having an example multiple examples in your life of even your uncles and, and cousins and people that are expressing themselves and creating things and and having that kind of like programmed in a sense like since early on and like how like much of a blessing like that is and not like all not a lot of people like have that of like like what would I give to see like I guess my my grandfather had something similar like he cooked ribs like ribs was his thing and it's just like seeing him above the grill making the ribs I'm yeah. like okay like that's that's his art and then there's little little nuanced like creations around the house like there's like this frame that he made with like like to to hold the the picture frame up there was like on the back of it was like a tied laundry detergent box but it was like cut out perfectly with like a staple in it and I'm like oh like here's like some ingenuity and I'm like trying to decode who I am as an artist as a person through the lens of like my grandparents and my parents and I don't have like a ton of examples but it like growing up to to see your like even now, like seeing like your grandfather's beautiful work, and I like I saw it, and I was like, okay, like whenever we sit down and do this podcast, like, like that's what I was kind of like. I'm I waiting, for, your, I'm waiting saw, for you. I'm waiting for you to go to your grandfather. Up. I was like, I'm like, all right. I like, saw your eyes light. Yeah, up. I was like, that's that's the man right there, and and uh, it's uh, it, like I'm happy like 
for you <laughs> to like to see that and have that because I just know how important that is just in general. Yeah. But uh, so having those examples, then draw, drawing as a kid, but then photography starting to ha- starting off on the wrong foot and hating something that you're a professional at now is right. <laughs> what's the what's the journey of photography been for you and like what subject matter and what are you trying to say with with this medium yeah um yeah so when I when I picked up the camera it actually wasn't it wasn't an expression for me like artistic expression it was more so like this was a way that my father had made a lot of money like he used to take us out to these cheerleading competitions and he just knew that like this is where like where all the what do you call them the moms who are just like od about their their Mm -hmm. child helicopter parent yeah like like, he knew it was an arena full of those people so these are people who don't mind paying a couple of dollars for photos you know, you put a package together, they're paying $60 a, a a parent or a couple, you know, and they're walking away with beautiful shots of, you know, their kids, but it's not necessarily the artistic aspect of the photos, but more so the transactional business side, you know? Mm. So I get to see the hustle of that. And then he ended up getting into sports photos where he's taking the actual team photos for leagues it's not just like that one team Mm -hmm. but literally the whole soccer league the basketball league and he's making bread off of this so I'm like coming out of college like okay let's let's see what we can do with this so when I picked up a camera for me to get in the groove of okay what is it what does it really mean to operate this machine you know what I mean it was a Canon 50d heavy and then it had like that extra butt on it with the the with the battery yeah the Mm -hmm. grip with the Mm -hmm. battery pack and everything so it was like super super duper heavy and then my first lens was a 70 to 200 so that's like a you know super heavy lens so my I think the first shoot was I just went out with my good friend um, Booker T and he we literally just went out and just snapped some photos and in my head I thought good photography was photography that had just like the most bokeh you can get and you know bokeh is essentially like the most amount of blur you can get behind a subject so for me to get him super crispy and everything in the background just be like milky and like I thought in my head that was like the epitome of street photography um and then you you get to a point where you're like you start to kind of fiddle around with the settings and stuff and so like the first initial like my first kind of ushering into photography was like let me figure out how to make money with this thing Mm. And then I really started to love the process. You know what I mean? I started to learn about the lenses and I got a nifty 50, which I thought was like the best thing ever. That 1.4, I believe 1.8, something like that was Mm -hmm. like my first lens that I was super excited about. And I just wanted to hit the town. Mm. Um, And again, like the bokeh, I'm 1.8 on everything. Like it doesn't matter what it is. (laughs) I need crazy blur. Yeah. Like, 
so yeah i mean that was that was my f- introduction to what my style is today and i i still kind of take that approach where you know i want the subject to be the focal point you mm-hmm. know what i mean like but then again no i i, I wouldn't necessarily say that because for me I pride myself on like finding super dope locations and then having kind of everything around the subject, you know, com- aid, yeah. aid the subject. You yeah. Know what Composition I mean? is like, I feel like everything around it is, is just as important as the, as the subject. And I feel like there's, you take on like different personalities for each type of shoot there is. Like, I feel like I'm the most me when I'm on the street and I'm just walking and there's no plan, no nothing like to do other than just like be aware. And, and that makes me like, feel like, like the most me because I'm like exploring and allowing the city to speak to me. And there's certain times where I'm more tapped in than other times. And I'm like when I'm rusty or, or if I'm like, really brave on yeah, the street yeah. like there's times when i'm like takes fearless and bravery, I, will, man. I will walk up into somebody's face and just shoot them in the face and just be like and be like You're bam bold, and then bro. look them in the eyes like when they like yell at me and i'm just like i can't do anything about it now like this is film <laughs> i can't do shit bro brave. like you can be as mad as you want but then like months and months later and it's been a while since i've been on the street oh my God, I'm like scared of shadows. Like I couldn't even like, like I'm like waiting. Like I'm like, oh, there's a shot. And like I walk past them a couple of times and I'm like, I'm hesitant to pull the trigger. But there's there's so many different like modalities of, of photography. And like the, I'll give you a brief story of like my my introduction to photography was like, I went to school for arts and technology. So like video, music, and I spent most of that major like, with all the music classes just to get access to this like $300,000 like studio and like I like made rap music and all that kind of stuff but I did video too and I went out and got a Canon 60D and like I was like oh my god I get a camera and for whatever reason like whenever I got something like nice it was all about just getting the nice thing and not actually like using it Mm. it was just like a like a status thing is like oh I was able to attain this thing even though it was like I just bought it with like student loan money and it was just like a thousand dollar camera at the time but this thing sat with me since 2012 to 2017 2018 what do you mean I like just, you never used it I never fucking oh, used you're it bugging. I never used it like it was just sitting there I never learned how to s- I'd never learned how to sit and use it. Like, That's crazy. Like shutter speed, aperture, ISO. Yeah, yeah. I just learned that shit like three years ago. Like like two and a half, three years ago. Yeah. Like literally just started shooting because like I moved up here, had the camera with me and wanting to work at like ad agencies or at least like, like in this industry, it was like, oh, well, I need to pick up the language that everybody speaks because everybody speaks like editorial photography mm. like if if i if my resume is not impressive yeah like it doesn't say interned at widen or anything like that yeah. so it's like i gotta do something to close the gap so they they know that i'm of this this cloth yeah so i was like all right i was interning at this little like like video production spot and I was like, all right, I got to learn how to take photos. So from that point, like I was like, I'm, I have to learn how to take photos. And that's where I started like two and a half years ago. And then 
Like I'm wherever I am now. It's just like I know how to I know how to use a camera now. But it. now now I'm just like, all right, <laughs> what do I like doing? And I was just talking to Robbo outside. Like, like I love photography. It's like it's a passport to humanity. It like it gets me close to people. But like this, what we're doing right now is like my highest level of expression. But photography is like a way to get to close the distance and to to sh- to tell a story. But but to gain proximity to to share energy, you know. Yeah, yeah. This this type of stuff, believe it or not, is like I like to like if I'm talking to the homies, you know what I mean. If I'm like, if I'm if I'm engaging in people that I've built a lot of trust with. Not to say that we haven't built that, but like this format is foreign to me. You know, like I don't necessarily once I don't enjoy it, but it's not my preferred way to communicate. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel it. <laughs> but 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 I I definitely think there's so much power in this and I think that I need to get used to doing something like this. Sure. And being able to express in this type of format. So Yeah. That's another part of what I do is just push people off the ledge cuz it's hey, like listen. cause it's like I know like people are like they won't tell you that they they're looking for it or want it, but yeah. it's like if I can sense that somebody's maybe open to something that they're not quite used to, yeah. I identify that person and I just shove them off the ledge. Listen, <laughs> it's either you know it's either crazy? you resent me and hate me for it, or you're just like, oh, thank you for le- for doing There's that. A, like I shy away from moments like this just because I feel like I'm not at the place in my career where I should be telling any type of story. You know what I mean? I feel like my story is like very blah, which which I know you know. I know there's power in there's a power there's power in everyone's story and I I truly believe that. Um but you know what's crazy is like there was there was a moment like I've been running steps for the past 3 weeks. Mount mm. Tabor steps, mm. 96 stair, 98 stair, something like that. Very daunting. If you look at them, you just get nauseous. Mm. Just ridiculous. And I've been running those steps and in my head I just know like every time like I get nervous before I go to the steps every single time but it's the third week now and I just know like there's a point there's like a part of your brain you have to shut off and just know that like your feet are going to work for you and you're going to breathe when you're supposed to breathe and you're going to get up these stairs mm-hmm. like I, there was a moment where my brain clicked literally today where I just like got in that space where I'm like Yo, it's time to run the steps. Like, let's get to it. Time to make a smoothie. Like, I'm about to, you know, mm-hmm. get on it. And then you asked me to do this. And that's where I sent the hell yeah. Like, let's do it. Because yeah, yeah, in yeah. my head, I'm like, I need to stop shying away from those moments that make me feel like, ah, but just go yeah. and do it. Yeah, it's momentum. It's like you built the momentum earlier. So it made it so much easier to say yes to this. 100%. And it's just like, that's that's really awesome i want to let's run steps like i'm definitely down to run steps sometime like i just started running yeah like i started running last year like jump hot out the gate like i'm gonna start running now and then like i kind of like pulled something and then last year was last year as we all know um but this year i've been running very consistently and just this week i got up to actually was it this weekend or or monday no monday I think that was yesterday. I don't know. But I got up to five miles, like, like the most, like, I am not a runner. Like I've played baseball, like since I was young, but like running was not my forte. It's like, I was like, I'm good at defense, hate pot flies, singles and doubles. 
like singles and doubles and I look good on the field. Like yeah. just, just, but outside of that, like running is not the thing, but this year, like I knew something, like I had to level up. It was like, Hey, it's like, you're on this spiritual journey. You're on this, uh, this place of holding yourself accountable, pushing yourself off, off the ledge. Like never yeah. mind pushing friends off the ledge. It's like, I throw myself off all the time. Cause I gotta, like, this is why, how I can like speak from these experiences, whether, whether or not they're rooted in some, like this fucking like, Oh, huge success and real estate mogul. That doesn't fucking matter. It's it, it's an experience. Like my my lived experience is just as valid as Jay Z's lived experience. It's just it's just talking about it because there's always going to be somebody that that a has never thought about this perspective before and it interests them and may help them or or they have experienced it and they thought that they were alone and you can help them contextualize their own experience and, 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 and understand themselves a little bit more. So I know that it's helping, but knowing that this next like journey essentially requires more discipline on my part. And I'm just like, okay, like how am I going to, how am I going to get better? It's like, Oh, I need to get better like with my health and my wellness and Mm. my endurance. I need to get my heart like, in shape for this journey because this isn't this isn't stopping after i turned 33 34 35 i just turned 32 but it's like no no no, this is like going till i'm 60 70 and my heart needs to be healthy for that Mm -hmm. so how do i strengthen my heart oh well i need to get some cardio and and learn how to become a runner even though i never was one so putting ourselves making ourselves run the stairs when we don't feel like it and in in mentally jumping getting over that that block of of that doubt or that fear and just surging through it is how we as david goggins says like build calluses in our brain and, and it just becomes easier over time and and it's nice to to see that you've found the things that 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 push you to that yeah. place that you that you want to go because you're saying you wanted to be that that guy that that people respect and they hold in this light and and you're doing the work to do that. Yeah. Yeah, man. These, <laughs> these photo shoots too, bro. Like I've, I've definitely put myself in a position within the last month to just like, I've always been very experimental with photography, just, you know, how I approach it. But it's been this past month that I've actually like, I've invited people to, into my brain and into my space and I'm like actually charging people for these experiences. So when you attach a monetary value to your, your art, then, you know, you, you allow people to then judge it in a certain way. You allow people to like critique it and that's nerve wracking. You know, like when you have that big shoot where you're like, am I really prepared for this? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, we going to figure out, like, yeah. tomorrow morning, like, whenever I wake <laughs> up, we're going to figure out if I'm prepared. Um, but, yeah, I, that's that's really what photography has done for me, for sure, was, like, put me in a position where I'm having to work with people that I never thought I'd work with. And it's not even from, like, different statuses and, you know, social status or anything, but really just people who... You know, they just have different views on life and on themselves. You know what I mean? Like for me, like the level when I leveled up in my mind, when I leveled up in photography, it was like when I really started to shoot women 
Mm. That right there for mm. me was like because they actually care about every little a aspect. Lot, yeah, a lot more than the of two. themselves, yeah. and I appreciate that, and I love that because then that like forces me to do the same. I now look at how clothes lay on bodies and how you know certain angles may or may not be as flattering. You know, mm. and in my head, I'm just I love I love being around women, of course, but just that. Yeah, and, I, and I'm jaded, so I'll see women in certain angles, and I'm like, I think you look great, but in their head, they're like, no, this is not okay. Like, it's, yeah, it's time to For real. Time, <laughs> time to step your game up. Yeah. So, yeah. So, women helped you step your photography game up. A thousand percent. Mm. Yeah. Like, when I was serious about, you know, making sure that my clients, like, when I started to actually charge for my services because for a while I mean it's been five years now three of those years I never really like people weren't giving me money for my services yeah just on like I'm trying to get better or yeah like I've never shot with you before so I think I think that part right there is important talking about like that that step from not getting paid for your work and then stepping into getting Mm -hmm. paid for your work and what like, what are the parts of that journey that, because I think a lot of people, like, deal with that. Even I, till this day, like, go through those waves when it's like, okay, oh, we haven't talked about money up front. Um, yeah. Am I going to get paid for it? Oh, I'm just kind of hoping afterwards. And I guess, like, describe, like, what was that point where you decided, like, no, this is, like, because it's, it's almost an assessment of your own value. How much do you value your time and your, and your, your craft? Yeah. And, and what was that turning point for you? Because it probably like the time that we recognize it is a little bit delayed from the actuality. 100%. You know, you know, it's like it's like now you could have been getting paid two years ago. Like the whole like I'm just using this for my portfolio thing 100%. can only last for so long. And like, what was that that aha moment for you? Um, honestly, it was it was when I was starting to get gigs from like Nike, <laughs> where. And it, and it wasn't it wasn't on some like you're on Nike's radar. They've been like looking at your stuff for so long and they just want to work with you because you're crazy dope. Like I just legit had friends that were working in the companies and they were like, hey, there's this event and they need a photographer. And I would step in and, you know, at that moment, you're you're having to then name your price. You know what I mean? Like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And for me, um. It was it was super tough for me to put a price on my work because honestly I just never felt like I was good enough to charge really much of anything. I'm like, yo, shoot me thirty bucks and we good. You know what I mean? Because for me, like, I was just grateful for the experience. Like, mm-hmm. it it wasn't even about it wasn't like the transaction of service. It wasn't. I wasn't even really worried about that. I was just more so grateful to be working with people who were official, like people's, I wouldn't say their jobs were on the line, but you know, they've planned for months this event that they wanted to go really well. And they have to present on this event afterwards and they need imagery to show exactly how it went. So, you know, if these photos don't turn out too well, then that's on me, but you know, you step up to the plate but yeah, I would probably just say when I was like, and, and I got lucky. It's not like everybody's experience where they can get a huge company to say, hey, we have projects that we want you to work with mm-hmm. or work on. Um, but yeah, it was it was very late. I would probably say two to three years in 
that I like started to really attribute a um, value to my services. And then once I did that, then it was like a monster was created and I <laughs> no longer want to ever do free photography ever unless I choose to. And like it's even to the point where I've priced myself to where I don't even get certain clientele asking me about my work. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. That's, no, that's <laughs> like, that's a, that's, that's real as fuck though. Like I remember, I, I guess like my first like paid gigs was with, uh, the homie Quaz. Like he, he brought me into like a couple like corporate like events, like mm-hmm. a couple like Adidas things, like Squarespace, like holiday parties and stuff like that. And then, like, once I realized that's, like, the people, like, at these companies, like, one, aren't perfect. A lot of the times, they don't even know what they're doing a lot of the times. And a lot of these opportunities that come down to us, like, that aren't within these brands are just, like, they're just looking for someone to execute. Not so much, like, the value that we like really like bring bring like as a full person it's like they're looking for a service and services cost money like if they were if they were gonna go like if it was like their boss's like birthday and they're gonna go get an edible arrangement they're not gonna be like oh like we're just gonna give you these fruit for free like because we're just happy to cut fruit all day like that's the same exact thing and once i realized it's like oh like these people are just regular people and the idea of like pedestalizing brands and pedestalizing the people that work for the brands it's like once like that veneer that illusion was shattered i'm like okay like this is like one there are no rules it's like i could tomorrow i can fucking shoot a nike thing the next week i can shoot a a stone island whatever it's like with the internet social media all doors are open. All possibilities are open. This idea that, that we're not worthy of being compensated of our work is bullshit because there's hell of a lot of people that are online that have shitty portfolios, shitty photography, not good, that are pulling in six figures or more like a year. That blows my mind. Yeah, but it's the truth, though. It's and the it's truth. not the fact that they do it. It's just the fact that I'm not doing that right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's just the... What's that? The whatever is the thief of comparison happiness joy is the thief of comparison whatever yeah i don't know it's like yeah. 11 o'clock right now <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. yeah we all we all find our way and it's it's uh it's great to be a part of your process and to see like like your work just like explode and you carving out your own niche creatively and like seeing you like travel around and and i've been a fan of your work for for some time now i appreciate that bro and it goes both ways for sure. Um, yeah, I need to make this thing a full time thing. No, it yeah, it is a full time thing. No, it's it's <laughs> beyond full time. But I'm saying like, take it upon myself to like, yeah, plant the flag. Yeah, like all. Yeah, I yeah. got a whole day job. Yeah, and yeah, life is also a job as well. Yeah, but it's like I think gaining clarity about what it is that we actually want mm-hmm. i think is a huge part of it because it's like what are the like what can we take off of the plate like if if our plate is full filled with all these ingredients like what are the ones that may or may not deserve to be there because because we hold on we hold on to to certain ones i need my sleep so that's staying sleep. on the plate yeah that's staying on i the need plate. it too yeah sleep. i'm just like you taking the back seat sometimes like quality quality sleep for me is is one of those things but how that's, many hours you getting I'm getting at least eight. 
That's I, solid. I don't I don't I, I don't do that. the night owl thing. Like that's not a part of who I am or at least like the life that I want to have where it's like sitting up till four o'clock in the morning. Fuck that. Like I don't want I don't want anything that requires me to do that. Because that's just, just punishing like, for my body. You you must be like a hyper focused person throughout the day. No, not at all. How I think get, I think go through go through I go through waves like where it's just like a burst of inspiration and energy like today like I I I think I stayed up a little late yesterday but like I did a photo shoot earlier today and then I hopped over here modeled for your guys' shoot and then we're doing a podcast now so essentially I did all of the things that I enjoy doing in one day and regardless of the perceived like like benefits of I don't know I'm not I'm not weighing this experience up against somebody else that's doing something on the other side of the world that's like hey do you want to make ten thousand dollars in a day watch me record this video in this Lamborghini and I'll show you how eight steps on how to flip houses and like no fuck that like I'm not comparing myself to those people I got to like I walked my dog today like I I I put in my 30-day notice in my place so I'm like I'm getting focus on like oh shit like i'm moving like this transition this shift this next step of my life is about to happen right now so like having that in my mind and i'm like oh and i get to do things that i'm really excited to do and sharing like this time right now and and sharing this story and and being really present like that's a win regardless if there's like a dollar amount attached to it and focusing only on only on those things that that bring me joy and that that let me know that I'm bringing value and I'm showing up as like the person that needs to show up yeah. like that's a success for me and and not getting uh distracted and thinking that the mark is somewhere else cuz like we already found the mark it's yeah. just refining it and even more you know it sounds like you're in a very very good space and yeah. that is a space that we all are striving to get into you know, where you feel like you are living out your purpose. Yeah. yeah. It took a, took a long ass time though. Like, I feel like I just started like rolling, but like life throws curveballs, and it's just like making space, like anticipating that like it's going to happen at some point. Like yeah. right now, like I said, I put in my 30 day notice. It's like the next two months I'm going to be staying at like friends places. Mm-hmm. Like the place that I have in mind that I want to move to isn't available till June. But like the time in between then, this person can just be like, oh, I'm going to like rent it to somebody else. Like there's no promise that it's going to be there waiting for me. But it's like with my meditation practice and just being like open to experiences, like I've left room in this in my life for the uncertainty. And I'm not going to let the uncertainty hold me back from taking this leap and being like, all right, I guess I don't have a place to live. Like I'm trying to sell, get rid of all my furniture, try to condense, and mm-hmm. and I have the vision, but I'm not beholden to that as the only way. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I'm just I I I definitely deal with that. Like I want to be stable. You know what I mean? But Me too. Then I, but, <laughs> but it's crazy because like I think it was just kind of the what I've was seeing growing up. There's like my there's an emphasis on stability. You go to college, you you graduate, you like find a really good job, and then you, you know, you do that whole thing. Mm-hmm. And then there was something that clicked in me. It was probably like 24, 25, where 
I just didn't want to live that life. Like, I just want more out of life than just doing the, the you know, typical. I guess I can't call it typical because not everybody has the luxury of living that lifestyle. Mm-hmm. But I just I just wanted more than that. So, yeah, I've been making some. I've been taking some risk out here. Yeah, you like Bitcoin and all that stuff. <laughs> I've been taking some risks, yeah. my boy. Like, okay, that shall not be named. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's been fun, man. It's just been fun learning about the world. Like, there's so many different ways for you to kind of find your niche and what it is that you're good at. And then mm-hmm. I think even better than finding what you're good at, I would say you know finding the things that you know you don't like or that you're not good at you know Mm -hmm. what i mean and then kind of letting your friends and the people around you supplement for that stuff you know and building a team around like that's probably the that's probably one of the things that i've learned that's been most beneficial is just not being prideful and being able to ask for help and building a team you know what i mean yes that's that's That's, it right there for, for me personally and i know there's people that can really do whatever on their own and I can do a lot, but it's just it's so much better when you have people that you can trust and you put them in a position to just excel at the things that they're good at. Mm-hmm. So that's been huge for me. But, yeah, man, I've been taking risks. Like, I'm really trying to be out here owning, like, real real estate for real. And I want to be able to put myself in a position and my kids and my kids' kids in a position to to not have to struggle. Mm-hmm. So with that being said is like I may not even see any of the things that I've been working very hard to obtain, you know? Like that's scary to me. Mm. But you just got to keep working. Yeah. Damn, that's deep. But it's important though. Like it's so important to like know to know that though. Yeah. I mean, I guess we're all kind of like striving for that, right? So Yeah, but it's like but when we're young though, it's always like this like you never know that it's possible. And like 100%. you never know like the like the tools that that are there to attain these goals and and like the the actualizing other people the people around you and the people that support you yeah. into attain helping you achieve that, but then it helps them achieve similar things as well and exactly. coming together. Like that's that's oftentimes like we don't even get to that point where it's like the vision's clear. Here are the tools. Mm-hmm. Let's implement them like with one another and share information. And, and like there are no promises, but it's like let's like what I said before, like like we got to get on the road. And yeah. it's like we're like once you get on the road, then it's like, all right, cool. Like there's going to be traffic jams. There's going to be detours. But yeah. nevertheless, like the wheels are on the pavement we're moving forward and that's that's all you can ask for yeah. at the end of the day is is that you're behind the wheel and you're guiding your life in the way that that you see fit for yourself and the people around you there's no better and more gratifying feeling than the people that you love around you just seeing them live in their purpose and like really living that out it's such a beautiful thing mm-hmm. i love that yeah i love that and to know that like yeah, just to know that that that's that's working out for them is is really it's a good thing to see. Like yeah. it, it makes no sense to me. Like how do people get like in their feelings or jealous or mad for friends just like not living out their purpose? Yeah. I don't get that. Yeah, that's that's never ever ever like crossed my mind. Like yeah. like I'm trying to think back of like when I've been to hate and 
a hating ass nigga. <laughs> but you, like, I, but I, see, I, I'm like, I'm like, was there ever would a point? Would you say there's a? Would you would would you say that there's a moment where you see somebody? You were probably unsure about the the things that you wanted to do or the places you wanted to go, and you've seen somebody who has found that. And you, there's a, I wouldn't say it's necessarily jealousy per se, but there's just an element of like, yo, inner reflection, like, damn, I'm sure that feels good. Like, I I want that for myself. So, you know, like there is that a, is like a the daunting, little inner like com- competition yeah, element of it. But I think that's normal and real and honest. But yeah, just to like really shit on somebody and be like, you know, trying to tarnish some, you know, like it's never that serious. Yeah, ever. it's it's definitely not. And most of the times whenever like those perceived like big wins happen, it's like you talk to the person. They're just like, yeah, it wasn't all that. Yeah, they don't, like it's yeah, like yeah. the projection it's of the, the like image that. of it in, in people's heads is yeah. a lot more different. That's why like social media is so like fucked is because like people think that people are living these rock star lifestyles and it's just like I'm depressed. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it's not what it is. And and but to see friends like succeed and and we just talked about this before, like like a little bit ago is just like seeing like our friend Anthony Taylor's like like billboard up it just shows you that you can do those things it's like like when i see that and it's like billboard plastered all over town i'm like oh shit like i can do that too and it's the most inspiring thing and and it's so great that it's like these are people that like we love and that are in our circle and it's like like you help them they help you in many ways like anthony opens up the door for me anytime i need to use anything and i step in if i need to model if i need to assist if i need to do anything like 100 love him to death and it's like it's it's nice to to just know that you're not in it alone going back to you just like like saying like activating friends and seeing people living in their purpose it's like there's nothing better than that and to even offer your own support for other people is like it's amazing because it's like hey like i can i can show up for people but then learning how to receive help is like you're alluding to is like a huge hurdle yeah i'm still dealing with i mean (laughs) i feel like that's always going to be an issue but because i mean you know that's all you hear is like self-made you know i did it on my own nah there's not one person that has ever done it on their own yeah not one person and i wouldn't even that's not even rappers that's just like I guess that's just in our community, us black folk. <laughs> There's certain stigmas we put out there that just make it difficult for people to figure out the the real game plan. Yeah, well, ever it's it is it is a little bit tricky because it's like that's that's why I think it's like so difficult like for people to like find like like worthy like mentors and stuff because it's like everyone feels like they have like the secret and it's like they feel like they need to learn game from somebody but like like life is like a lived experience and everyone has to like live it on their own in in a sense and I think that's where that sentiment comes from is because you have to learn the lesson you have to learn the lessons on your own Mm -hmm. because you're the only one who can perceive certain things at a certain time and based off of your experiences but but if everyone's real it's like hey this person helped open a door even if it's a shitty even if it's a shitty experience 
like you learned and became better from that trauma traumatic experience yeah. so even in that even in that scenario you did not do it on your own because yeah. that's somebody inflicting pain to your psyche <laughs> inspired you to overcome and become who you are today so yeah. even in the worst case scenario you never did it on your own yeah yeah seeking mentorship it's interesting <laughs> Cause it, it is there really a such thing as really like seeking out mentorship? There's a lot of flailing. Because <laughs> I've, I, I, I wouldn't even necessarily say that I've really seeked mentorship. More so, just advice from certain individuals that I know have been put in a position to where they could steer me in the right direction. But you know what I found is that mentorship comes when you just do it, and then they see you. And they're watching from the sideline and they're like, Rob today. Mm-hmm. He's like, yo, like I know how to represent, like I know how you can represent yourself a little better in this mm-hmm. way or that way or whatever, you know? Yeah. Like to me, that's mentorship. That's like the moments where I turn off my, like, I know everything brain, like I got this, I'm macho. And I, you have to sit and let that guard down and you just soak that in and you ask the right questions. And then, you know what I mean? I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of times we get in a place where we feel like we have to seek for people to put us in certain places when sometimes it just takes for you to try to get in that place and then let somebody like pull you up by the bootstraps if you're in a position, you know, like, and most times I feel like when I'm in a, I'm in a compromising, compromised position and I really need some help, like it comes, Mm -hmm. you know, because I'm actually trying yeah well like people that are seeking like mentors or mentorship like haven't started the thing that they're looking for like they they want somebody else to to give to say that it's okay Mm -hmm. to do it like if Mm -hmm. you're if you're like an aspiring writer or whatever or like you don't even know that you want to be a writer yet but like you're you're asking for somebody's help to basically give you permission and grant you permission to start something but like to to actually like receive guidance you have you already have to have like five drafts already done and then it's like here here's something to read once you read this then they can give you the advice but if you haven't even started writing then maybe like then they're like then the then the person that you're like seeking is like maybe you're not even a writer maybe you're a photographer maybe you're a cinematographer maybe you're a fitness instructor and like they people it puts people in a very like compromised position to like abandon their, their expertise and their practice to help you out when you haven't even figured out what you want. That part. And then there's the part of just finding people seeking mentors out who aren't, I, this, this question of mentorship was posed by Bima Williams on, uh, on his, uh, uh Instagram stories. He had claim of stories with Bima. You guys go check it out. Great podcast. Um, but he posted it, uh, like talking about mentorship and one of the responses that I gave him was that like like the po- the point that we just covered but then there's also like mentorship like not a lot of people are qualified to be a mentor in the first place it's like just because you have a title that says like I am the marketing director for whatever does not mean that you have compassion to lead somebody who's eager to learn yeah. you're not it doesn't mean you're a good teacher just right. because you're accomplished yeah. and people equate those things as the same thing is like no like they can be a horrible teacher like they they may have been like good at this job and being in boardrooms and talking to CEOs and stuff but 
how like what makes them fucking qualified to freaking speak to a 15 year old about like industry stuff it's like their their tone needs to be right like they have to like be soft in some places they need to know how to like nurture and push people and their buttons in some places so this whole idea of mentors uh, and thinking that just because you have age and seniority over somebody makes you a good mentor. That's bullshit. Like I have like, there's mentors like that are younger than me. Yeah. Yeah. I, again, like at times it gets really, really tough for you to be in a position where, you know, you, you sometimes may have to just sit down and shut up and, and open your ears to those who you probably didn't know you needed to open your ears to. I'm trying to think of an example, but I definitely have one of like a moment where I got sunned just on some <laughs> like, yo, your ego needs to be in check. You know what I mean? There's there's like you just just listen for once. Um, and I, that's not to say like I feel like I I'm always asking for critique like I always want to get better like yo Mm. like what I'm doing now I do not want to do a couple weeks three months to a year from now I don't want to be doing the same thing so I need somebody to get on my ass and tell me this is what you you know and it was a moment where it was just somebody who I was not expecting to give me that Mm. for me and I wasn't really ready to receive that but that was probably like I probably should have received that. <laughs> I probably should have received that. And I think about that and I definitely, it, it carries with me even till today. And I reached out to that person. Um, hey, I'm blanking on who the hell it was, but yeah, mentorship comes in many different forms and fashions and different people. And it's crazy. Cause mentorship could even be like, like I, it's so bad but I get so motivated by like I get so motivated by rappers flexing on me (laughs) I get so motivated I be really thinking like they be talking to all all type of broke boys and you ain't got it and I be in my head like oh I want it I'm about to go and get it (laughs) but it's little stuff like that that kind of motivates me and that's kind of me being sick in the head but no, well, it's like finding like you're, there's teachers all around us, and it's like, are we gonna open our eyes to the teachers around us? Like, like I I look at people like on like that are like struggling, and not like as motivation, but like as practice for like my own like sense of acceptance and non judgment and and creating like love within myself for for sickness. Like, how do I heal? like the people of the world with the energy that I'm putting out. So like everybody around you is a teacher. Mm-hmm. Everyone around you is a way to practice your, your uh, address and practice like from your own like sense of limitations or, or struggle or difficulty or whatever. But it's like, like everything's teaching you at all times, situations, interpersonal. And it's, it's up to us, like how we decide to engage with our lives. That's going to help propel us forward. Like if that's, if that's Drake making you feel broke, then that's what it is. (laughs) (laughs) That's terrible. I love it though. I love it. I love it. I I just, I, I really enjoy the state of the world right now. I just feel like we're in a position where we literally can do whatever we want to do yep and right now um it's just really about having just the ultimate 
amount of courage and just being very confident in yourself. Yes. And as long as you're confident and you have enough courage to just step out and do it, you literally could do whatever you want in this world. And so I, I think it it's a very, very, very interesting time right now where I've, I literally, I literally am baffled by the things that I'm entertained by on a daily basis. Like one of the most entertaining things to me is, um, haircut videos on Instagram. (laughs) And then when the dudes do the voiceovers and when they cook, Mm. I love that. I love that stuff. I think it's so dope. Cause then you, you hear, you get to hear people's excitement about cooking food and like their little accents and stuff. And they're legit teaching you how to make these really, really good dishes. Mm -hmm. And it makes you want to try and just go and cook. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like I want my photography to have that same type of type of, um, feel like I want people to see the enjoyment that I get from taking these photos and the people that are around me you know the joy that they have just being there I want people to see that and want that same thing for themselves and whatever it is that they're doing you know yeah that is a higher purpose right there yeah yeah that's awesome well I'm having a beautiful conversation this is this is amazing and I'm sure we'll definitely do another one is there anything else that you'd love to to give to the to the listeners uh i don't even like coffee y'all you know what <laughs> I mean? i'm out it's it's late i'm tired nah uh i really enjoyed this time man i, I appreciate it for real we'll definitely have we'll definitely have yeah, another one we'll have another conversation because this is our first conversation it's our apparently. first conversation <laughs> and i'm all over the place bro i'm, nah, I'm literally no, we're right we hit the mark it. Grapefruit is here. I'm my boy Chris here in the cut. No, we hit the mark. Yeah, oh, before before we like sign off, like what is like we're in this this studio. Like yes, sir. I want to give like w- what is this place and and I want to give them a, a shout out for use, allowing us to use this space. Yeah, yeah. So it's a dual use space right now. Uh, the contingent is who is over this space at the moment. And during COVID, they're currently not using the space. So we've been able to use this. I mean. It's been treating me very, very well for the past month and the next couple months coming up. Um, but, yeah, if you want to book a session with your boy, hit me on Instagram. It's at Ace Lace, A-C-E underscore L-A-C-E. Check your boy out. Um, but, yeah, man, I enjoy it. I enjoyed this, uh, and I enjoy your company all the time, and it's great <laughs> talking to you, bro. It's great talking to you, too. And I didn't even have to tell you about – uh, your social channels so I'm glad I didn't have to say where can people find you on the interwebs <laughs> but thank you Anthony and thank you all for listening to Opening Presents Presents